Living Reconciled, a podcast dedicated to giving our communities practical evidence of the gospel message by helping Christians learn how to live in the reconciliation that Jesus has already secured for us by living with grace across racial lines. Hey, thanks for joining Living Reconciled, episode 12. I am your host, Brian Crawford, and I am with my good, 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 good friend, Austin Hoyle. How you doing, brother? Oh, I'm doing real well. Excellent. Doing real well. Excellent, excellent. One of our good, good friends, um, good, 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 good friends, Nettie Winters, is not with us today, so we um, we wish him all the best in his uh, journeys um, wherever he may be. Uh, but for those of you all who are with us, we thank you for joining us and thank you for listening in. Um, Living Reconciled is a podcast dedicated to all things reconciliation, Christian reconciliation. And we have great sponsors to help us in producing this podcast. And we want to thank folks like Miss Ann Winters, Mr. Robert Ward, Pastor Jonathan Moore and Miss Doris Powell. Also, our Grace Leadership Partner, St. Dominic Hospital and our Unity Partners, Atmos Energy, Regents Foundation and Brown Missionary Baptist Church. Um, it's because of folks like you that we're able to do what it is that we do. And we thank you for that. Um, also, we have guests here with us this week, Austin, on episode 12. Uh, good, 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 good friends, Wade Phillips and Stacy Miller. How are you guys doing? Doing great. Thank you for having us on. Excellent. 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 Wade and Stacy are um, members of the Meridian chapter of Mission Mississippi. Um, they are also uh, deeply, deeply devoted to, to to Christ, but also deeply devoted to the work of reconciliation. And we're going to let them tell you a little bit about themselves. Um, and, and and actually, I'm going to start with you, Stacy. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, your journey in faith, and how you came into the work of reconciliation? Oh, sure. Um. My name is, of course, is Stacey Miller. Uh, I am a PK pastor's kid. Um, I, uh, I serve here in Meridian as the chair of the Reconciliation Committee, as well as the co-chair of Mission Mississippi Meridian. As far as my journey, um, I come to accept the fact that I was born into reconciliation. Mm. As I look back at my parents, uh, and look at their journey and how they raised us as children. To me, it just was inevitable. It, at some point, I got to the, um, this point in my life it, serving reconciliation. But I will say as a child, I did not see that. Um, I saw that for someone else, definitely for my dad, <laughs> to, do the, to do the work and to do the job. Uh, but as a child, I got saved uh, around eight years old. So. Wow. I took my commitment to the Lord serious. Um, and so, of course, I didn't have all the understanding and, and there was leaps and bounds of growth that had to be had. But I, to my understanding, at every age, I, I was deeply committed to God. Mm. And so that guided some of my choices, some things I just didn't do, uh, even compared to some of my siblings, some things that I was committed to doing and serving the Lord. And so, um, but like I said, I didn't see myself as an upfront person. Uh, my couple of my older siblings, they were the ones that were a little bit more outgoing. So I kind of stayed at the back and helped out now, dedicated, you know, had to help out wherever I could. Didn't like speaking uh, in public. 
And my mother told me, Stacy, you can be shy when you get through. So <laughs> I, 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 I like you to be shy when you can get through. I love it. It's great. I love it. I love it. It's good advice. Well, that's what I had to do. Get up and speak all that, you know, the speeches and all that stuff you have to in church. And then get go back to being shy. And so um to to the to get to where I am today, um my my dad uh was killed in a workplace shooting back in two thousand three. Um at the time, you know, I was working, I'm an educator by profession. So to me that was my work, you know, my mission field in the classroom. And so that's kind of where I concentrated a lot of my efforts. And the Lord gave me plenty of opportunities as a teacher to uh, share my faith in, you know, different ways. He gave me no ways of doing that in the classroom where it was be acceptable. And so as a part of doing that, when I lost my dad, I guess you could say God redirected my path yeah. and our family uh, and led us into this um uh, ministry of reconciliation in the form of reconciliation. Reconciliation week is uh, one of, you know, of course I've been on, been on board here with Mission Mississippi just for a handful of weeks now, just a couple of months, but reconciliation week for me was one of those kind of awe inspiring, you know, new news, new nuggets of news that I received coming on board as president and just, just, really just kind of just amazed by this this uh ideal of a of a whole city coming together routinely and sustaining this over 20 years and so I can't wait to dig a little bit more into that with you guys but but first I want to turn to Wade and I want to um also ask Wade why don't you share a little bit of, uh, of your story with us in terms of your journey to your journey in faith your journey of reconciliation yeah sure um, I grew up in small town Mississippi, um, Sebastopol, Mississippi. Many of people listening probably have no idea where that is. That is a that is small town Mississippi in a nutshell, right there. You even stumped me. That's good. That's good. Three <laughs> hundred and fifty people, um, between Forest and Philadelphia. Like when you're having to nail it down between sit towns that small, you know you've really got. <laughs> All right, right. I'm back. I grew up in a very small town. I went to school there. We do have a high school there. I'm about 600 people, kindergarten through 12. I, I grew up, had a great growing up experience, but um, racism was still very much a part of just my everyday walking around life as a child. It was something I, I, I saw. Um, I didn't know anything different. I mean, I was, I was a racist mm-hmm. growing up. Um, and, and it was, Everyone I knew was, frankly, um, you know, uh, and um, some more than others and some more angry about it than others, but they're just an assumption, you know, and um, I I grew up in church. My granddad was a pastor and I began to listen to my granddad preaching this one message and then other people who said they believe that message living in a different way when it came to the issue of race. I, I just noticed um, at some point I noticed that and probably it was around the time of high school, maybe a little before that when I really began to notice it. And one of the ways that, I, that I began to see it was I'm um, through playing high school sports. Um, 
on football and basketball and baseball teams with people who are a different race than me. I don't know if y'all know it, but those locker rooms, you get pretty close. Absolutely. Sometimes literally. Absolutely. And so we began to get close with, with guys of different races then. And we were, we were as close as people could be, you know, on a team like that. And, um, as I think back on just some of the guys, you know, began to realize they're not different than me, Mm. you know, they're, they're certainly not inferior to me. And, um, as we made those relationships, it began to, but it was those two things. It was hearing my granddad preaching the gospel and seeing the hypocrisy that I saw from, from some people to call that was opposite of that. And then spending those tie that tied around on people who were different than me, um, really began to help me understand. Now, one thing it did, the hypocrisy of it drove me away from the church for, for a long time. From college into my twenties, I, um, I didn't know what I believed. Didn't, didn't, um, certainly didn't know if God existed. Just, you know, if this is Christianity, is this really, you know, what's real about this? It didn't seem real to me in some, a lot of ways. Um, came back to Christ when I was 25, actually at the church where I'm a pastor now, I got saved and, um, and have been here for, for 20 something years now. I'm also fortunate that, uh, so I, I graduated with a degree of broadcast journalism and I went to work here at Meridian at WTOK. I was fortunate that my, my boss was a man named John Johnson, African-American man. I'm one of the smartest, kindest men I'd ever met. And, um, he became a mentor for me. And so that helped me also. And then one day, as I'm thinking through all these issues, I've been saved and serving in the church. Um, I was a deacon in our church. Um, one day, um, I was um, doing an interview for our five o'clock show, and a, a lady named Stacy Miller walked in <laughs> and, and our studio and began to talk about Reconciliation Week and Mission Mississippi. And I said, you know, I'm really, I'm really interested in this. And so we talked after the show was over, and we were off. Um, in the in the midst of all of that, the Lord called me into the pastorate, and so now I'm here as one of the pastors at Northcrest. But um, it's been a joy. She, the thing she asked me to do was MC the mayor's prayer breakfast that year, and um, from there it's just kind of taken off, and we've continued in our relationship. It's been I don't know how many years. It's been at least eight years because I that's how long it's been since I was at the TV station. So um, wow. we we've developed that relationship over the last several years. And Mission Mississippi's Meridian chapters. Wow, wow, wow! That's that's so phenomenal. I, I was, you know, Austin. What stood out to me was two things. Number one, the the two things that really led you all, put you on the journey of reconciliation. Way one, the gospel being preached, and you kind of having this moment where you're looking, hearing the gospel, but then looking at walks. And how sometimes the walks that that are inconsistent with the message that's being preached, and so just the power of the message over overcoming the hypocrisy, right? You're, and so that that was one thing that was resounding to me. But then also when you talked about the athletic experience and just mm-hmm. how much being in proximity to others can change the dynamic of how we see them, how we relate to them, what we think about them whether or not we have we're, uh, increasing our capacity to affirm their dignity, just sometimes just being near people. And I think when you talk about what, what, what is separating us and what's creating so much of the division um, that you see in our culture and climate right now in our day and age, 
a lot of it is just we don't have proximity to one another. And so it's so easy to build all of these false notions about who we are and how we think and how we operate and our capacity to think and our capacity to, you know, to, to, to live. And um, all of that comes when we don't have proximity and we keep the distance from one another. So for me, that is a, uh, that's a powerful, powerful message. Austin, you got anything oh, you want to add, brother? Yeah. I mean, one, one thing I found uh, kind of in commonality between both of your stories is that just the power of God. Uh, in, in both of your stories, uh, Wade, just your, your capacity to be able to uh, overcome some of the upbringing um, that you had with some of the mentality um, that that brings. Because, I mean, it's, it's similar to mine. I, 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 uh, I, I, I felt a lot of, uh, a lot of solidarity with, you, uh, with you, some of your experiences as well. Um, and, and just to be able to see how God was able to bring you into relationship with persons who were different than you. And God was also able to work on your heart through the gospel that just opened you up to uh, have this good friendship uh, with Stacy Miller when she came around and to be able to co-lead with her uh, in Meridian. That's just, I mean, for me, it's just, um, and then, and then Stacy, just the, the, um, the impact that, uh, the impact that you have been able to make through God, through God's power. Uh, through a, just a, um, a traumatic experience, um, but able to turn that into something that is just powerful and good and, and work in God working in our midst. Uh, you know, I just, I look at your stories and I think oh, that's the power of God working. Amen. Amen. Don't forget about Stacy's mom who told her she can be shy when she's done. Yeah, because, exactly. Because that, exactly. because is that, is that sentiment that probably led her to that newsroom that day mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and got her connected to Wade. So, exactly. hey, we want to take a quick break. But when we come back, I would love to dive into Reconciliation Week with Wade and with Stacy. Uh, but first, me and Austin, we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back with more Living Reconciled. Living Reconciled is a work of Mission Mississippi, but it is not our only work. Days of dialogue and prayer meetings to consultation for schools, businesses and churches. Mission Mississippi is eager to help you, your team, your church and your community live reconciled. Every month, join us for our weekly prayer breakfasts on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 645 a.m. Our biweekly statewide connection meetings on Fridays at 10 a.m. And a focused time of prayer on the third Thursday of the month at 7 a.m. To get details on any of our upcoming events or to learn how you can invite us to your church, business, or school, visit our website at missionmississippi.org and click on the events button or call us at 601-353-6477. Hey, thanks again so much for joining us on Living Reconciled, episode 12. I am with my good, good friend, Austin Hoyle. Hello. And we have good, 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 good guests. And that is, that is actually Wade Phillips and Stacy Miller. Uh, Wade and Stacy were sharing a little bit about their stories and their journeys in reconciliation. And part of that journey, a huge part of that journey, is what they call in Meridian, Mississippi, Reconciliation Week. Wade, Stacy, why don't you take a moment and tell us what is Reconciliation Week? Uh, reconciliation Week is a... Uh, annual event that commemorates the Lockheed shooting of 2003, in which six members of our community, including my father, Reverend Charlie J. Miller, were uh, murdered uh, and eight others were injured. Um, as a result of losing 
my father uh, and the other community members, my mother, uh, who's also an ordained minister like my dad was, um, the, the Lord started working through her. We wanted to keep my dad's memory alive, you know, and he was a Church of God pastor, a small congregation in one of those towns you probably never heard of, Fayetteville. Mississippi, you know, it wasn't a sprawling church, but he had a sprawling heart and mm. a sprawling call. And we always felt bigger, something bigger than what we saw around us. Mm. That makes sense. So even though we didn't have, you know, hundreds of members, we felt we were part of something larger. Always did. And so because he was so big and so impactful within the church of God, um, you know, as a minister, he was known as the one that was the there to uh, mediate in those ministers' meetings mm-hmm. when yeah. things got. They wanted Brother Miller. Medi- mediate sounds so nice. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so we saw him live that heart of mediation. And so we saw the impact of how God used him in that as that mediator. And it meant so much to me as not only his daughter, but just, you know, I was also one of his parishioners, you know. So it meant a lot to me. And he also worked in the community. He was uh, bivocational. Mm-hmm. So he had his uh, business of Villa Masonry. He did that work for many, many years. Uh, he had worked just uh, sporadically at Lockheed. And so the, a lot of people in the community knew him. They knew him building and all that. So he wasn't only a minister, but uh, in his work effort, he was known around the community by many. So for us, he had a huge impact. And we just wanted to find a way to keep his memory and legacy alive. And after the, the, the shooting, I think it may have been a year my mother went to then Mayor John Robert Smith and said, Mayor Smith, our community is still hurting. Mm. We didn't do anything wrong. And we feel like we need a voice around this time for healing. And it's not just our family and those other families. There were people that were injured that still need healing. And not only them, their families and friends. And so as a result of that conversation, uh, my mother had with Mayor John Robert Smith, he issued the proclamation for the first reconciliation week in 2008. Uh, prior to then, we had worked uh, with the then Mission uh, Meridian Group, and we had just done a one-day memorial. We had done that for, I think, three years, and then one year there was nothing. And so after that, that conversation, our family just felt the call to pick up the efforts, and that's how reconciliation be. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit, a little bit, Wade. Tell us about what reconciliation we consist of. Sure, and Stacy really is the expert on this. Um, she's she's been doing this for so many years. I feel like I come alongside and just help her out with a few parts of it. Um, the one of the biggest things that I'm involved in is is the mayor's prayer breakfast. Um, so what we do for the mayor's prayer breakfast is that we bring um, pastors in, we bring people in, 
Um, we pray um, for our city officials, pray for um, our state, pray for our um, our county leaders. We pray for talk about reconciliation. Um, one of the things that we'll do, we'll either have a speaker or we'll do a, um, a um, have a forum where we um, take questions and talk about um, issues as they relate to rec- racial reconciliation and things like that. Um, that's that's my my biggest part. She does um, she does a lot of other things that I'm more participant and observer than than organizer. <laughs> I don't want to speak. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't want to speak as if I'm the expert there, but um, that that's the biggest thing that we do together. Um, Mission Mississippi meets um, monthly. Um, the Meridian chapter and and does other things. We do prayer breakfast throughout the year, um, but for reconciliation week. Um, there are lots of other events that I know Stacy can would be better at telling you about. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Stacy. Tell us a little little bit about the other events that you guys have on reconciliation or during reconciliation week. Okay, sure. Uh, this is the 16th annual reconciliation week, and needless to say, it has evolved over the years. So uh, right now, we are pretty much consistent with uh, five events. Uh, one of them being the mayor's prayer breakfast that Wade spoke of. Um, the a second event is the motorcycle ride reconciliation run. Um, my brother-in-law was a part of a motorcycle club and they would do rides on the weekend in honor of people, uh, their passing to remember them. And he brought that to Meridian. He lives in Oxford, Mississippi. And so since then, the Queen City Cruisers organized that effort and, it's such a blessing to me to see those bikers, you know, you think of them as being so manly and muscular and they are just, they, they break down and they're so committed to those efforts, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So we really appreciate them and they appreciate having the opportunity. I just call one person. They, they organize that. Thankfully. Thank you, Tony Dory. Uh, and then, uh, the second, being always a member of our church, <laughs> so a second event would be the uh, Reconciliation Sunday. Um, it has changed over the years, but most recently we thought to make it more impactful, uh, we would ask local pastors to have a prayer or sermon on reconciliation. So as mm-hmm. opposed to having a uh, one event which may have what 200 people, if you can get 20 pastors, then you know, then you have maybe have 20,000, you know, yeah. it, it, mm-hmm. you get that uh, concept there. So we reach out to local pastors, contact them, um, and we do a special just PR just for, for that Sunday, asking them to participate and get that message out to their congregation on Reconciliation Sunday. Uh, a third event would be the Lemonade Day. Um, the Lemonade Day, um, my mother had took the saying, when life hands you lemonade, mm. lemonade. And so at the very first, some of these have not been consistent, but this one uh, has been since the inception of Reconciliation Week. Uh, and so we started out just making lemonade in our kitchen. Once into the downtown square and buying cups and saying, here's some free lemonade. Uh, so that, that's how it's. Amen. That's how you do it. Make those connections. I love it. I love it. 
I love it. I saw Lemonade Day, by the way, Stacey. I saw Lemonade Day on the flyer, um, but I didn't make the connection, you know, with with the sentiment that your mother had in terms of right. life hands lemons make lemon. Right, that, right, that's right. powerful. Right. Yes. And so uh, it started out then with just us. And then uh, as a teacher, I had some connection with some students. They were singing and they was like, well, Miss Miller, we can come out. I said, won't y'all come out and sing? So it started to be like a little program. It kind of grew. Nice. And so they would come out and perform. And then so we started inviting youth groups in to come and perform while we passed out lemonade. Well, when COVID hit, that changed. (laughs) (laughs) So we like, we can't be inviting people. So uh, one of the members at the time said, why don't we take the lemonade out? And by that time, we had a sponsor, Raven Kane, who sponsored the lemonade. That is phenomenal. I, I'm not in the kitchen. Yeah, right, yeah, right, yeah. Right. Good sponsors. I like. Uh, I can't help. I can't help but think of how many just relationships you've made over the past twenty years, and this, 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 the the people that you see, um, year in and year out, just um, and you know the level of I, I, I guess hope. I guess, uh, camaraderie, uh, connection, uh, love that we feel amongst one another. Can you, can you talk a little bit about that? I would love to hear of some of the people that you've been able to, you and Wade have been able to connect with, uh, through this uh, celebration or, uh, through this reconciliation celebration week. Uh, sure. Austin, as you, as Wade mentioned earlier, that's kind of how we connected, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, through these reconciliation week efforts, you know, going on the TV. And another part of that is we, I think maybe for the 12th year, uh, we have selected a charity to, I call it Spotlight. That's, you know, we, we don't have a lot, but we you make a small donation to a charity. And during the week, we put Spotlight on those uh, nonprofits in our community. And as a result of that, I've been able to connect with, people who have become my friends, you know, mm-hmm. uh, we select that nonprofit and they get interested in what we're doing. Uh, I think about Beth Sharp, you know, I think of um, the many others, uh, the Carter Foundation, James Carter was our recipient last year. He's now my little brother, you know, and so it's just, it's just kind of hard to explain. You just experience that. Uh, you you said it uh, earlier, Brian. When you said proximity, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. that that is explains a lot because we come in contact with each other, and as a result, those relationships have uh, have um, formed, and we have been intentional. Uh, that's one of Nettie's words. Absolutely, amen. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, in, in selecting charities to say. Okay, we want one that's more focused on the black community this year. Next year, we want one that's maybe more focused on the white community. And we have been intentional in doing that so that we have formed those relationships across uh, racial lines. Absolutely. That's that's intentionality. Like you said, that's one of that's one of the uh, one of the favorite words of Mr. Winters. And so and, and it's a necessary word as it relates to the work of reconciliation. Um, I, I got a couple of more questions that I want to ask both Wade and Stacy. Uh, one, I want to talk a little bit about what does it take to actually produce a reconciliation week? 
um, in your neck of the woods because I, I because I imagine people are listening and saying, hey, how can we do this in our city? So I want to ask a little bit about that. And then I also want to ask you guys on the other side, what does it take or how how on earth can you take tragedy and instead of allowing tragedy to lead to hopelessness, lead to such a hopeful thing that you guys have produced uh, as it relates to Reconciliation Week? So I look forward to having more of that dialogue. But first, unfortunately for our radio listeners, we have to have to stop it here. Uh, we have a 30 minute radio broadcast and we have to take a pause from uh, from this interview to say say goodbye to our radio listeners. But here's the good news. This is a podcast as well. And so you can go out to any podcast app and you can type in Living Reconciled, subscribe to that uh, podcast and you can listen to more of this episode with Wade and Stacy. Um, however, uh, for our podcast listeners, the good news is this um, this conversation continues. And so we're going to take a quick break um, and say goodbye to our radio listeners, but also see you on the other side to our podcast listeners uh, for our radio listeners. Until then, um, until next time, this is Brian Crawford, Austin Hoyle signing off. God bless. Living Reconciled is a work of Mission Mississippi, but it is not our only work. Days of dialogue and prayer meetings to consultation for schools, businesses and churches. Mission Mississippi is eager to help you, your team, your church and your community live reconciled every month. Join us for our weekly prayer breakfasts on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 645 a.m. Our biweekly statewide connection meetings on Fridays at 10 a.m. And a focused time of prayer on the third Thursday of the month at 7 a.m. To get details on any of our upcoming events or to learn how you can invite us to your church, business, or school, visit our website at missionmississippi.org and click on the events button or call us at 601-353-6477. Hey, thanks again for joining us on episode 12 of Living Reconciled, bonus content with my good, good, good friend, Austin Hoyle and Nettie Winters, of course, in his absence, we do give him a salute. In fact, we just gave him a shout out with the word intentionality. Maybe we can come up with some more Nettie Winters words. Nettie, Nettie word of the week. Yeah, Nettie word of the week while he's out. Um, but we do have great guests this, uh, this, on this podcast, this episode, rather, Wade Phillips and Stacy Miller. Uh, Wade and Stacy are members of the Meridian Chapter of Mission Mississippi and they also um, are very integral in the work of Reconciliation Week, which is a uh, which is a week in Meridian dedicated to the work of reconciliation. On the on the other side of the break, Stacy, I, I I had two questions that I want to make sure we brought over to this side of the break. The first question is this: As I hear the story about the Lockheed Six, there's a there's a number of different ways this could have went. After, you know, after that kind of tragedy and, and, and your own personal story of tragedy, how is it um, that this story, instead of leading to stories of hopelessness, stories of despair, stories of vengeance, how is it that this story of grief, grief and tragedy um, was able to be leveraged and turned into a story of hope and story of reconciliation and healing? You know, um, Brian, that's a good question. And uh, as I think about that, you know, I've been asked that over the years. Uh, my first answer has to be only through God. Amen. Uh, and secondly, it would have to be watching a godly man, my father, uh, living the gospel. Mm. 
And mm-hmm. when you know someone is living the gospel, you know where they're going when they leave here. Mm-hmm. And so uh, one thing he could do, another gift my dad had was in consoling families uh, at funerals. Uh, and so those words, he would think directly, he would call names, and he would say, cry if you must, but life must go on. So all those words he said to other people, when his funeral came, they came to us. Life must go on. And he made it clear to us, uh, I don't know how much they knew about it, his, his his time on earth, but over the years he did say, don't cry for me because I'm going to be with Jesus. Mm-hmm. He said, don't cry for me. He didn't say don't cry at all, but don't cry for me. And so... For us, it was our hope has always been in God. Um, and we we want to see God in peace. We know uh, my dad has lived and modeled that God has a plan for our lives. God uh, has a reason for us being here on earth and that we are to bring glory to him. Uh, and so in seeking God to go on and looking for answers to those questions, he has led us to this. And and I would say the sent one of the biggest sentiments we have is don't let my dad's life be in vain. Because he lived and modeled and made such an impact. And just to see his name to disappear after all that he had invested in people, uh, he was he was also very uh, compassionate. So a lot of yeah. time in ministry, when other pastors had given up on people, they knew Reverend Miller would take a chance. He would be the one to still give them a conversation. He would make those sacrifices. A lot of time, we knew Daddy was out helping people. Uh, would he, um, he gave of his services and gave discount in the masonry work because he wanted to help people. And so we saw him live that. And because he invested in so many others, we said if his life has to go on in some form and format, we had no idea it would be reconciliation. But we felt his impact on us was so big, it spilled over and we wanted some way to share what he had done, how he had healed with others. Yeah, I'm I'm overwhelmed as I think about as I think about the story you're sharing about your father, the late Reverend Miller. Uh, one of the reasons why I'm overwhelmed is because which which you're which you're arti- what you are articulating right now is the power of legacy in terms of our lives can spark movements that we may never see. And then, and this is what you're describing. You're describing a movement that's literally now 20 plus years in the making that, that was sparked in a large part by the life that he lived. And this is a movement that he never saw. And so some, some, you know, sometimes we're operating and we're living and we're working and we're doing and and we're wondering how much of a difference we're making, right? And 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 doing and doing the things that the Lord has called us to do. 
And sometimes the answer can be evident in what we see around us, right? We're like, yeah, we're making a difference. I see this, I see that. But then there are other times where you don't even realize the difference that exactly. you're making because it has yet to manifest and, itself. And it, and it may not be a, an entire town has a yeah, yeah, has a celebration for you, but but that doesn't mean that you know the the nuggets, the seeds, the absolutely in, in other people's hearts, uh, whether they're close family members of yours or or or, or strangers, absolutely, like, you just you just don't know the level of impact absolutely you're having and the the converse is also true you don't know the level of impact and the negative absolutely that we uh that we can sometimes often have in people's lives absolutely as well absolutely yeah this is this is powerful way tell us how um tell us how it what is it about reconciliation week that that brought you on board and said yeah i i gotta participate in what in what's happening here what is it what is it that brought you on well, I'd already watched the Millers for a couple of years as they had been doing that. I, I can remember very well when the shooting itself happened. Mm. Um, I was actually, I'd worked for Meridian for a while. I, I moved to Augusta, Georgia for two years to work at a TV station there. And I get a call from my boss in Augusta. He's like, what you need to turn on the news? Something is happening in your old city. And I remember seeing that and following that very closely and then moved back to Meridian a couple of years later. And I began to see the things that the Millers were doing. And, uh, and I'd, and by this time, you know, the Lord had saved me and he had, um, it sparked this desire to see reconciliation. One of the cool things about, um, this church that I'm in now, um, when I walked in, I was, I was lost as I could be when I walked in this church the first time. It was the first time I'd ever been in a church when I walked in where black and white people were worshiping together. And so after seeing that and experiencing that, I, I, it, that's one of the other things that spark this desire. And, and so, um, I, you know, I'm, that day that I said something to Stacey, I'd been thinking about Mission Mississippi for a long time um, before that. And it just, everything just kind of coalesced that day. And um, seeing what they had done, um, hearing from Nettie, y'all, y'all don't tell Nettie I said that. I don't want him to get a big head. But, <laughs> I know, you, you can't do anything about that. Too late. Yeah, too late. Too late. <laughs> Years, years too late. But I say that with love and affection. We love you, yeah, Ben. Several times, I got to know him a little bit too, and um, and we were, you know, really talking about wanted to see Mission Mississippi, um, a Meridian chapter restarted, and it just seemed like the the right time. Everything just kind of coalesced. A bunch of d- different things just kind of came together at the right time, and um. Yeah, I've just, it's been so great to see the fruit from this. You talked about, you know, talking about the legacy of her, her father. I just think about my grandfather, who was so, uh, was so faithful in preaching the gospel. And I think about the change that I've seen in my community, my community I grew up in, and family and friends. I've just watched how that, how I've seen so many people being changed by the gospel. And you just, and there's nothing better than that to see people's lives changed by the good news of Jesus and. And changed in these tangible ways, the way that look different, and so it's just been, um, it's just been a dream. Yeah, man, this is um, this has been fruitful for me. I'm I'm so looking forward to participating with you guys. I mean, it, it's 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 a, to, you know, I'm learning so many wonderful things about Mission Mississippi. This is one of those wonderful things that I got a chance to learn about Mission Mississippi that we have an opportunity pr- to participate in the uh, in the work that you guys do with Reconciliation Week and participate with a day of dialogue, which I'm eagerly looking forward to and the 
and the um and the and the the luncheon that I, that we're that we're getting the opportunity to participate mm-hmm. with you guys in. and so that that means so much to me um and I would love to see this kind of work um replicated across our state and so if you guys if you don't mind as we kind of come to a close on this interview would you help us and and share with us what do you think is required and necessary what steps can a, a local city and a local group of people who are listening to this interview and say, man, I would like to see this in my city. What steps can they take to produce something like this? You need a Stacey Miller. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, you may be that Stacey Miller. I don't know. Exactly. But you, yeah. but you, yeah. need, you need a couple of people who are just committed to do it. I mean, absolutely. I, mm. I know there have been times, and I think Stacey would agree with me, that we felt like it's just the two of us sometimes. You know, and and there probably been times when Stacy's felt like maybe Wade ain't as involved as he needs to be. You know, so party award. <laughs> but you need you just have to you just have to stick with it. Just be committed to it and stick with it through the ups and downs, and just keep at it. That's the that's the key. Commit to it, do it, and and just not stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I totally agree. You know, uh, my dad used to say. Uh, uh, sometimes you have to be make yourself a committee of one. And and when we all do that, then you find another committee of one. Then, you know, you start to grow. So it does start with commitment. And for us, uh, our family, it started with a, a point of focus. And for us, it was our, our dad and keeping his memory. So in, in community, you can find it. it could be a tragedy. It could be, you know, a situation that will you know, draw people and give you opportunity to be an example and to show God's love. You know, when when we experience these tragedies, we don't think about it going through it. But they these are opportunities for us to show God's love. And so in essence, that's what we've done. We've taken this uh, tragedy, the loss of my dad's life as an opportunity to show God's love and ultimately to glorify him. So if you can, but God uses situation. So if a community community can identify a situation and use it as an opportunity for a launching pad, and as Wade said, get committed to that, then you will start to see God work in in that situation and help it to grow. Yes, yes. Amen. That's good, brother. That's good. That's good. There's so much. There, there's so much that you guys have shared with us that have been that that has been so fruitful for for me. Um, but but what you guys shared at the end to take this uh to take this podcast um you know to take the, to take away these last words that you gave us to take away that there is tragedy, there is pain, um that that is real in this world. Um, but we don't have to. We don't have to stay with the pain. There is an opportunity for us to use the pain to make and create progress. And this is exactly what you guys have done uh, with this Reconciliation Week and Meridian. Um, tell us how we can keep up with you guys in the and this Reconciliation Week. Is there a website that we can go to? Is there an email address that we need to um, be informed of in order to participate and and learn more about what's happening? Sure, we have a Facebook page, RWC Reconciliation Week Celebration. So uh, join that group. 
And also, uh, you can email celebraterw at att.net uh, if you want to register for any events. Uh, we're really working hard to make that uh, day of dialogue regional. We got some contact with some local colleges. So we, we want people to get involved. So please contact. And also my number, 601-616-2879. Excellent. Excellent. Stacy Wade, thank you guys so very much uh, for uh, giving us so much wisdom to glean and to chew on um, on this episode of Living Reconciled. And thank you to our podcast listeners for joining us. Um, please, if you have not yet done so, please subscribe to this podcast. You can do so by going to any of your favorite podcast apps and typing in Living Reconciled and simply clicking the subscribe button. Also, please, we ask that you would like rate this episode because it helps us continue to spread the word. And of course, there is no better way to spread the word than to share it. And so please share this podcast and this podcast episode with all of your friends and family. I am Brian Crawford with my good, good friend, Austin Hoyle. Goodbye. (laughs) God bless y'all. Have a good one. I love y'all. God bless. Thanks for joining Living Reconciled. If you would like more information on how you can be a part of the ongoing work of helping Christians learn how to live in the reconciliation that Jesus has already secured, please visit us online at missionmississippi.org or call us at 601-353-6477. Thanks again for listening.